Welcome, welcome. This is Kim Addis from Frame of Mind Coaching, and I am the host of Resilience Radio, where I interview professionals who are experts at crushing the tough stuff. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Her name is Susan Finnerty from Chicago, who owns a company called Finnerty Consulting. Susan, are you there? I'm here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So you run a consulting practice. Who do you work with? What do you do? What kind of services do you provide? Just give us like a brief overview of what you're doing right now. Great. Yes. So I run a consulting practice. We work with large organizations and the people within those organizations, and we help them really navigate the complexity. So if you think about large organizations, oftentimes you have to work kind of through a web of people to get anything done, right, for approvals and input and buy-in. And sometimes you have more than one boss. I've talked to people who have up to like six or seven bosses. And so there's a ton of complexity. And my organization helps people within those organizations really get traction and get things done. And we do that from everything from kind of one-on-one coaching and assessments and and really working with people personally um, to to improve their effectiveness all the way up to, you know, we recently did a program where we had 250 people in a room and we worked them through an assessment process and some coaching and some learning around how you influence without authority, how you build partnerships across large large networked organizations, um, how you get goals aligned. So all the things that help people get things done in large, sometimes complex organizations. Okay, so let's dig in a little bit because I'm really interested in this and I'm interested in something else that you haven't even mentioned. I'm interested in how you even get into these companies and sell them your services. Let's start there and then we're going to get into how you help people navigate complex situations. But how do you even get into these companies to begin with? Right. So it's it's been an interesting process. So when I first started my consulting career and I started my consulting practice, uh, it was 14 years ago this summer. Um, it was really my personal network was my client network, right? I was fortunate enough to work for a large organization here in Chicago that provided, you know, great networking opportunities. As people fled that organization and went different places, um, I was, you know, kind of followed, you know, through coffee at Starbucks and uh-huh. picked up clients. And um, that started to, to you know, have its limits. Right. I started to to reach the end of that. And um, I ended up writing a book and then subsequently have written a second book and a third book on the way. And now that book um, is really my key channel. I can't tell you. I think it's probably I did the the math a little bit ago. I think there it's more than 80 percent, probably close to 85 percent of my work comes through somebody that found that book on Amazon and said, Susan, you know, we read Master the Matrix and we thought it was terrific. And can you come in and and help us master our organization? And so that's a lot of times it's a single reader, as crazy as it sounds. And the cool thing is, as I get into these organizations and I always ask them, okay, who's the one? Who's the reader? Who's the one on Amazon that found me? And lo and behold, it's somebody that did a search, found the book, and they influenced in their organization to come have an intervention, come have a workshop, have a keynote address. And it usually comes down to a single 
person reading a book that resonated with them. And then they find me and I end up at their organization. So it's a really, that's one of my favorite moments is when I get to meet that person. Um, so yeah, that's how most of our work is, is really wow. through the book. Yeah. So a lot of people say writing a book is a good way to establish your expertise and to get out there. Sounds like that was your path. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. And I think what it what it did for me is it gave me an easy marketing path, right? I'm terrible at marketing. Admittedly, I could build products all day and I and I can work with clients all day, but marketing always was a struggle for me. And and with a book, um, especially, you know, a business book, it's like a built-in marketing channel, which is wonderful. And I think what it also did for me is not only is it, a, is it an amazing marketing channel and it's, it's a credibility credibility builder. What it did for me as well is it helped me solidify my expertise and get it down into, you know, a form and a framework that I could easily pull from. So it really kind of in my mind helped me put the bows around stuff that I knew and and really got it solid for me in terms of presenting it to people, um, solving problems. So for me, it actually I believe, um, help me be a more um, powerful expert because I now have it framed and packaged in a way that's easily digestible. So basically, you got it out of your head and into a framework that people could understand, learn and apply. Exactly, exactly. I tell people I put handles on it, right? So I put handles on it for myself and for them. So, so let's just talk a little bit about this whole process of writing a book and getting it published. You decided to write a book. Did you have a publisher on the sidelines waiting for you or did you self-publish? How did it work? I self-published. So um, the book was, you know, I always think about, and I think most people think about change. You either, you know, you make a change because of um, you have a vision, right, for something better, or you have crisis. And in my case, I had a crisis and a vision. So um, my my business really started to dry up. I think it was a little bit of of me and my push, as well as um, the 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 market at the time and the you know financial situations in 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 different organizations, etc. And so that kind of pushed me to think about writing a book from a crisis perspective. And then from a vision perspective, I really thought about this as kind of redefining, you know, what I was doing. Early in my consulting career, I was a jack of all trades. And I had this idea, this vision to go really deep and to be a, a true subject matter expert. So that was my vision. So I wrote the book out of crisis and out of vision. And I knew that I needed to get it done and I needed to get it done quickly. And so I wasn't going to be chasing publishers. I wasn't going to be looking for an agent. I wasn't going to be sip, submitting samples and, you know, kind of chasing that down. I wanted this book on the market because I needed to get it out there so I could begin that marketing channel so I could really begin growing the business in a different way. So I self-publish and and never have I regretted it. So how long did it take you from conception to publishing? Um, Let's see. So I started um, in October of 2010 doing some research. So the, the work that I do around matrix organizations, there was really very little at that time written about it. So the secondary research wasn't there. So I couldn't kind of grab, you know, from, from articles or websites or anything. So I started my own research. And so from October to March, I did surveys and interviews with people that were in these large complex organizations. And so uh, 
research for six months, and then I wrote for six months. So from March of 2011 to October of 2011, um, I wrote. Um, we finalized things um, in October, November of 2011. And we submitted it to our self-publisher. He had it all designed, cover done, et cetera. And in probably right before Thanksgiving. And I had books in hand the day after Christmas, 2011. So a little over a year. Yeah, a little over a year. And then we kind of did the formal launch in in January of 2012. So yeah, it was fast. It was really fast. Yeah, very fast. So let's dig into this whole, you know, how do you manage a complex organization? when you do have seven bosses. So what's the greatest kind of challenge associated with that? I get it. You have seven bosses. You don't know who to, you know, whose instructions to follow. But like, what are the primary bottlenecks there? What are the challenges that you see over and over and over again that need to be addressed? Yeah, the the challenges that I see is that people tend to jump in and do the work. And one of the the things that I I think is the most powerful um, um, tool that you have in those organizations is the relationships that you have. And we sometimes do the opposite. And I hear people say, I don't have time. You know, Susan, there are an endless number of people I need to partner with. I don't have time to build relationships. And I always kind of laugh at that, right? Like that's like saying, I don't have time to stop and put gas in my car. I'm too busy driving. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get, we get caught up in the work and we forget how much um, relationships actually save us time, right? So when you have really good relationships, that actually takes work out of the system. And so that's a big challenge in these organizations is remembering that it really comes down to humans. Mm-hmm. And the more you connect with humans and the more you trust and are trusted, the more you get done and the more traction you can gain. And so whether it's, you know, kind of with those bosses or it's with that that kind of network of people you have to work through to get anything done, those relationships really need to take precedent. So that's a big piece of it. So um, do you teach people how to build those relationships? I do. I do. And I I do it in a way because because people always hear, oh, my gosh, you know, they'll look at the agenda and they'll be like, oh, partnering, you know, is she going to be it's going is it going to be kumbaya and everybody holding hands and I'm going to tell you to be nice. Um, I work through it in a really analytical way. So I have people I have kind of a framework for assessing different types of partnerships because there's different levels of partnership that you need in an organization. You don't have to be attached at the hip with everybody. Um, and so I start with kind of almost triaging different partnerships and stratifying them to figure out the ones that you have to spend the most time working with and 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 working on and then I have some very concrete what I call investments that you can make to grow those partnerships and so I deal with it in a very I think concrete practical way um, to really push people to look at partnerships the same way they do um, a lot of the other tools that they apply in their work. So let's just say there are two people in an organization and one of them realizes, hey, like I really want to partner with that other person, but I have no relationship with them. You know, the best it gets is good morning, good morning. And it's very functional. It's there's no real actual relationship. What are the first steps that person needs to take in order to build a relationship? Well, the the assumption that I make is any 
any partner you have. And the way I define partnerships is people that you have to work with and through. Mm -hmm. So it all goes back to the work. And so I think it starts with that as well. And so I oftentimes will advise people that if, if you're not connecting with someone and maybe they don't see necessarily the need to partner with you, get to the business. So, you know, approach them in terms of, okay, here's what I think the business need is for us to, to, to be connected. Um, here's how the work could get done differently. So it all comes back to the business need. It all comes back to how the work's getting done. Start there. And then from there, kind of figure out, okay, if, if we both agree there's a business need for us to be more connected, what does that look like? Um, how do we keep keep each other informed? How often do we connect with each other? Um, how do we um, sort out our roles in different projects mm. or different tasks? So it always starts with the work. So from in my language, what it sounds like is understand what the person is trying to achieve from a business standpoint, from a professional standpoint, and help that other person achieve their goals. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. So that's my language. Very, very interesting. So now you are a business owner, quite successful, but also a single mother. Yes. <laughs> so talk to me about that journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was an interesting twist that I never would have uh, thought would happen. Um, fairly, uh, fairly recent. So that's been, um, you know, something that I was fortunate enough while I was married to have a pretty strong safety net, right? And so people would look at me, you know, 14 years ago and, oh, you're taking such great risk. You know, you're you're starting your own business. And I would say, well, I, I guess so. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough here to have another, you know, another income and a, and a partner. And it didn't feel risky at all. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, three years ago, all of a sudden it feels really risky um, because I truly am on my own um, financially and healthcare wise and, you know, in, in a lot of ways that I never would have imagined. So what um, some people always thought was a risky endeavor, finally, for the first time in 14 years, um, feels risky. And so I think I look at my business differently now as kind of, you know, as a sole provider. Um, and obviously, we I'm not a sole provider with, with the kids and all that, but for myself, um, really, truly being independent. And so um, it feels weird um, and exciting and scary kind of all at the same time. So how do you deal with that? Like, how do you emotionally, mentally get to a place where you say, hey, you know, like, I can handle this, I can manage this? Right. You know, I think, um, for me, it is, everything for me helps when I say it out loud. So I'm not shy about, you know, talking about um, things. I'm not shy about reaching out if I'm struggling, if I'm worried. Um, So for me, once I get it out of my head and say it out loud, it always feels better. The more something percolates in my mind, the more dangerous it gets. So when right. I'm feeling those anxious times, my first response is to reach out to a colleague, is to even reach out to a client and not to, to pose the problem to a client, but to reassure myself that yes, those clients are still out there. And yes, what you do still brings value. So um, to kind of continue focusing on delivering good work, um, continuing focus on on continuing to build really solid partnerships for myself. Ironically, I have to operate my own matrix, build my partnerships, both with my affiliates and my clients. For me, it's all about when I get nervous, when I feel apprehensive, when I'm really feeling that riskiness, reach out. 
So it's interesting because I asked you a general question and you responded in a way that was very professional. In other words, you leaned on the business, right? Yeah. But like as a woman, like I've been through divorce and interestingly enough, I've been running my company for 14 years too. So I've been through divorce. I was a single mom for a period of time and then got remarried. So I like on a personal emotional level, divorce can rattle you. <laughs> That's a yes. good word, right? It can rattle you and the uh, the solid base that you were living with, not only financially, but emotionally, structurally, all of that sort of gets up, you know, uh, upended, you could say. Yeah. So how did you personally deal with that? Right. You know, how do you how do you come home and now you're single and you have kids to feed and take care of and talk to and they have their own issues? And how do you stay solid when the earth underneath you is kind of shifting? Right. Um, and I think for me, a couple of things. One, um, again, I would go back to the reach out. Like I have wonderful friends. I had a, a, a great set of therapists, like all of that. So I, I took care of me mm-hmm. um, through reaching out. Um, I work out and I do yoga and I knew that that was going to, I needed to stay healthy. I needed to stay, stay healthy and stay focused. So I take, I take good care of myself from that mm-hmm. perspective. Um, I think, you know, I was fortunate my kids are teenagers and they're they're really good kids. That helps a ton as well. Um, but again, I think for me, it just comes back to to that reaching out and to that um, to that digging down and understanding that even though this ground is shaky, there is a core in me that is completely unchanged. So mm-hmm. understanding, and it's, it, it comes down to, you know, any, if you think about, you know, how you manage to change, I think one of the most powerful things that, that, that help you manage through any change is reminding yourself what hasn't changed. And so one of the things when we sat down and told the kids about the divorce was we said, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what's not changing. And I found myself saying that to myself throughout this as well, right? So as we work through this and you, you know, you see, you see all the changes that it means for, for me personally and all the changes that it meant for the, for the kids, what didn't change? And, and I think constantly reminding myself of what didn't change is the passion that I feel for what I do. What didn't change is the bond that I had with my kids. And that's what I always tell people going through a divorce is trust that bond. And so constantly reminding myself of what are, where is the firm ground? Because there's plenty of shaky ground. The shaky ground is really obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the firm ground? What hasn't changed? And I mm-hmm. think for me, that helps me, that helped me move through it as well. That's that's a very interesting piece of advice. I also think you're saying go back to the basics, like take yeah. care of yourself physically, right. emotionally, just eat well, exercise, breathe a little, like just right. take care of yourself, go back to the basis, basics and eliminate some, some of the extraneous things that create a lot of distraction. But I, I like that. I like that idea. So a lot is changing. What isn't changing? What's firm for me? Right. And right, exactly. sometimes when there's a lot of change, it's hard to see what's firm for you. But that's a really great question. Yeah, that's exactly. a really great, great question. So how do people find you if they're interested in reading your book, if they're interested in learning about your services? How do they find you? Um, pretty easy. Um, 
the books are on Amazon, so that's easy enough. And then the company website is www.finnertconsulting.com. Um, and we've got tons out there. We've got videos out there. We've got uh, e-learning out there that you can check out. Lots of things you can download. Um, so the the website is a great resource for obviously getting in contact with us as well as just grabbing things and going. And remind everybody what the books are called so that they can find them with ease on Amazon. Absolutely. Um, the first book is Master the Matrix, Seven Essentials for Getting Things Done in Complex Organizations. And the second one is the Cross-Functional Influence, Cross Influence Playbook. And we're adding to that, and you will see a book later on, actually probably the first part of, of next year, called uh, Cross-Functional Influence, Getting Things Done Across the Organization. And all of those will be on Amazon. Amazing. So as we're rounding out this interview, I have one last question for you. You've got a coach on the line. Is there a question you have for this particular coach? Oh, I do. And I've been I've been thinking about this for a while, Kim. So what advice do you give? So um, I'm in an interesting position in in, and time frame in my career where I've been doing this for a long time. So it was internal 14 years, external 14 years. So I get 28 years under my belt. My gosh, it hurts to say that out loud. Um, And so I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not ready for retirement, but I'm at this interesting spot in my career where I need to keep on doing what I'm doing keep it fresh, keep myself motivated, but I've been doing it for 28 years. Um, Truth be told, I've got three kids to get through college, so I'm not going to go do anything crazy. But how do people that are not, not at retirement, but are definitely well into their career, keep themselves fresh and motivated, interested and passionate about things um, versus completely changing courses. Because I get that that's really tempting and that's really interesting. But how do we keep it fresh and keep relevant when we are further into our careers? So that's a very interesting question. And for me, like if you're growing, you're always relevant and fresh and you're always engaged if you're growing. Right. On a personal level. And so you get to a point in your career where you go, like for me, you know, I coach people and I can coach people with my eyes closed, right? Like I, I feel my way through it. It's not something I need to ramp up for or, or feel completely stressed about. I just, you know, it, it, it's something that comes to me naturally. So now the question is, how do I keep myself growing personally? And really the question for you is, how do you keep yourself growing? So for me in particular, and perhaps this is applicable to you, because while you're in the consulting HR business, we're kind of in similar industries, right? We're, right. we're right. So how do I keep myself growing? I say to myself, okay, so I'm really great at coaching and I have a team of coaches, so I'm teaching them and I've created that formula and the framework that I've passed along, but how do I continue to grow? How do I continue to scale? How do I become a leader, not of my consulting practice, and I use practice on purpose, but of how do I become the leader of my business? How do I grow the business? And so now a whole different kind of thinking comes into play. Now you're thinking strategy, you're thinking business development, you're thinking uh, growing a team, you're thinking of how do I take what I do and actually offload it to others so that I can keep growing? Because if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm not growing. Right, right. right? Yeah. So and how I- do I grow? Right, exactly. And that's that. Yeah, that is a great question. And it's an interesting one. 
for me as I consider myself a subject matter expert, and I don't think I realized it until you said this, is that, you know, I said my vision was to, to be deep in one subject, and that's great. However, that's doesn't, that doesn't mean I can't, I, that, and I think that's what I'm feeling. Like I've gone deep and have I hit bottom, right? So I've, I've gone so deep that now right. I need to go broad again, which is a great, which is a great, well, a great way to think of it. But is it, do you need to go broad with the subject matter mm-hmm. or can you go broad with building right. out your expertise? In yep. other words, how many lives can you touch with this expertise and what kind of in- infrastructure do you need in place in order to grow that way. So right. for me personally, you know, I have a team of coaches. They, you know, I, I am a hundred thousand percent confident in handing them a client and knowing that that client will have an extraordinary experience. Right. So now the next question is where do I want to grow personally? What's next for me? Mm-hmm. Me. So right. one of the things we do when we coach people is we ask them to journal. And when they journal, we ask them very kind of probing questions. But one of the questions I might ask for you is, you know, like, pay attention to your interactions, pay attention to your day to day operations. What makes you feel like you're growing? Mm-hmm. What excites you? What ignites you? What turns you on? What place do you get that that little bit of a high from even maybe a little bit of fear? Right. About, right. Right. And and journal about it. What might you think might help you feel like you're growing? Right. Like if you don't know, take a guess. You know, a lot of people have said, Kim, you should do a TED Talk. And I know the minute that somebody says that, I feel scared. It makes me nervous. <laughs> right, right. right? And, and, and then I think, but why not? Mm-hmm. Right? Why not? And then I think, okay, what would it take? And is that what I really want to do? Right? So, and I, and I kind of to- toy around with it. But so, so for, from your perspective, the real question is, where do I want to grow next personally? Mm-hmm. Right. Right, exactly. Now that's, that is great advice. So I want to say thank you, first of all, for spending some time with us today for sharing your story and for sharing your expertise. I think that the question of hand, how do you handle uh, complex organizations is an important one. And I think you just scratched the surface. And I think we all need to learn that I personally have uh, not only a business that I run, but I have five kids. And uh, I'm in a situation with a blended family. And while we're really, really an amazing group, sometimes it's complex. Right. And so <laughs> I'm wondering how your, your content might ap- apply to, uh, you know, step families, blended families, complex family organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You bet. Because it's, it's all humans, right? Whether they're at home or they're at work, the bottom line is they're all humans. And so, yeah, a lot of it absolutely does apply for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Before we go, I want to say to our audience, uh, we're up for uh, an incredible year ahead of us. And for many of you, that means that you have big challenges and big goals ahead of you. And I invite you to learn a little bit more about Frameline Coaching by coming to our website and actually scheduling a call with us to learn about what we can do with you, for you, and in partnership with you. So frameofmindcoaching.com, please come visit us. Please inquire. Please test us out. See what it's like to journal a little bit and have your journal read and experience the magic of our coaching. So thank you very much, Susan. Thank you for being with us. And uh, until we meet again. Thank you very much. And Kim, you should do a TED Talk. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Take care. Thank you.